Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Expansive Business Podcast. This podcast is all about expanding your personal life and your business life. I am one half of the podcast. My name is John Sane. I am an author, a speaker, and a faculty member at a couple universities around the world. I am sitting in Cape Town at the moment while we're recording this, and I have my better half out there in Johannesburg. Eric, how's it going there? Hey, brother. I am so well. Uh, everyone, thank you very much for joining us for the Expansive Podcast. Uh, I'm a keynote speaker and an executive coach. And today we are zooming into something that's happening all the way across the world, uh, which no one can attend apart from <laughs> through their TVs, yeah. uh, which yeah. is this massive event, which always kind of rises the human spirit. I'm not sure to what extent it's doing it this year. But we're speaking about the Olympics a little bit and uh, some yes. of the things that uh, we've observed in the process. Have you been watching mm. it? I have been. I've been watching the catch up because um, I'm not such a fanatic about specific sports. I think the, the human aspect of it is really what's exciting me so much and sort of seeing people at their peak. Um, and it's kind of weird mm. in certain ways because obviously there's nobody there. There's no like energy in the space, which I think must be absolutely horrible for the for the athletes, not having that energy there. Mm. Um, but also, the, everybody seems to be putting in the fake crowd noise, you know, with all the whistles blowing and people screaming and shouting. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> um, and, and there's some events in the Olympics that I've heard that at, but definitely at the, at the Euro finals. Uh, no, no, sorry, at the rugby, at the rugby, actually. I'm sure you watch the rugby. The, the whole background noise was fake, um, fake audience. What? Yeah, yeah. So it was like Dude, it felt I haven't like watched those people anything. Didn't you watch the rugby on the weekend? South Africa Lions. No. What sort of what sort of Afrikaans no, boy are that? you, Eric Kruger? What kind of dog? Listen, I. <laughs> it's a Springboks, very demanding dogs that that need to be watched. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch sports, and I was like, okay, let me watch this. Let me get a bit of chaos into my into my life here. Who, who won? But either way, I mean. Uh, England did. England did. Okay. okay. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. Not England. <laughs> sorry. Lions. Lions did. Lions did. Um, but look, I think, I think also what we're starting to see, both you and I, is mental health. You know, the mental health with these athletes, uh, the mental health with everybody around us. And I think the Olympics is highlighting a lot of the stresses that a lot of people have. And, I think it's a good topic to speak about because I think that most people are fatigued with uh, COVID-19. I myself, I'm trying to get to Europe uh, for some work and haven't been able to get a visa. And now all of a sudden I have to be in Pretoria to go and see the consulate. And I've also got my own issues going around traveling for far. And like, there just seems to be a lot of angst or frustration in the air. And uh, we're starting to pick up uh, this mm. sort of uh, thing in the Olympics as well. So how's your experience of the Olympics been? Have you been watching it? No, I haven't. I haven't been watching it at all. Um, I don't know. I've just, I've never been drawn to watching much sport apart from golf these days. And even then, like mm. I'll just watch it when I'm, when I'm hanging around it for some reason. Like there's mm. always something mm. else to watch. Um, okay. But you know, I've been following it closely in other ways. Um, mm. And you know, the one thing, the one incident that kind of sparked this this conversation for us today was from Simone Biles. And for those listening, she is the goat of gymnastics like the the greatest gymnast we've ever had um she's 24 years old she already has 30 medals between world champs and olympic games 
Um, she actually has a, a history of being sexually abused by one of her her trainers, uh, which is like it's such a common thing in the in the. I world was just going to say, I'm sure I've heard this. And yeah, it just seems to be a common thing. Yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, yeah, very very common. And and so um, you know, I think over the years she's really proven that she has, like, she has what it takes to perform under pressure. I mean, you don't get to that level, and and not have. And immense mental toughness and resilience and the ability to bring your best when it matters like like it doesn't happen for you at that level mm. um so she has it like we we've seen it and now uh, recently she ended up withdrawing from the finals at the olympics mm. and this caused quite an uproar and many people were very disappointed they called her soft they said that she let the team down and in the post uh sort of interview she said, well, you know, like there's just so many variables and like all of this is like, it's a lot of stress. Like you were saying, like there's no audience, for example, or, or no, there's no, like there aren't spectators. Um, mm. It's that, it's training during a pandemic. Plus, mm. you know, because she's had this phenomenal track record, people expect amazing things from mm. her. And from mm. what I read somewhere, she was actually going to be performing two moves that have never been seen in the gymnastics world before. You know, mm. so it's like, it's all the pressure and the weight of legacy of like, you are the goat, plus mm. um, having to carry a team, plus pandemics, like, and all of these things kind of became a bit too much for her. And she said, I have to withdraw. And even though she did that, she still stayed up and, you know, helped her teammates, chalked up their hands, you know, supported them, cheered them on. But this is just another one of those moments where we are seeing athletes stepping up saying, listen, like. I need to look after my own mental well-being before participating in the sport. Like mm. that comes mm. first. And Naomi mm. Osaka was the first one a while ago that, or not the first one, but she was another one that made quite a big deal about this. And again, there was like a big uproar when this happened. Mm. So more and more, it seems that people are, are courageous enough or willing enough to step up and say, listen, like, I'm not okay. Well, I, I don't think it's people. I think it's this younger generation that are, are batting the old idea of what success is over all other um, challenges. You have to overcome them because you have to perform. And both of these world class, and both of them are world class. I mean, Naomi last year was the most expensive uh, or highly sponsored athlete in the world. And that's the first time a woman has held that. And she's done it by a long shot. And she was the first sure, one that, that, and she's been, yeah, she's been quoted saying, it's okay not to be okay. And uh, she also didn't mm. really do well in the Olympics. And, and, and she kind of got beaten by the 42nd person in the world. And she also left it. And I think what's coming to realization is that we are not machines, we are gardens. And it was a great quote that I saw a while back that said, you know, gardens sometimes need more sunshine and sometimes they need less water and sometimes they need weeding and sometimes they need pruning and sometimes they need uh, seeds being planted. And so it's this ebb and flow that mm. I think is important that we are witnessing and this idea that we have to beat everything at all odds seems to be a outdated, quite an immature, unappreciative of our emotional state process. 
And I think this is really fantastic that people are starting to speak about the rhythms that are emotional rather than how strong they are mentally to override the natural rhythms that they're looking for. And if we have to zoom out, Eric, mm. I think there's a bigger play here. And I think this is really just about the lack of symbiosis between the world that's been created and the natural world. And um, this sort of linear in innovation procedure of growth over at all costs is indicative of what sports did as well. And many people, when they finish being sports players or depressed or alcoholics or broke or whatever, because they just wanted to be a, override everything then and really didn't look after themselves emotionally. Now, there's a, there's a fantastic teacher, author, writer, doctor. His name is Dr. Zach Bush. And right at the beginning of the pandemic, he gave an interview where he spoke about how this virus is indicative of nature wanting to bring some level of symbiosis and balance to what has happened to the world. And the example he used, which I thought was great, mm. was when you spray the fields on a farm, the very next season, you have an incredible amount of weed. And that weed and the and the and the sort of like stuff that people don't like uh, is there to rebalance the soil because of the pesticides that were put onto the soil the year before. And if you leave those weeds over a couple of seasons, they start to morph away and new plants start arriving. And we have to allow that that symbiosis of nature to look after itself because every plant is there for a reason, rebalancing something at some stage. And this is indicative of us looking for more symbiosis um, as human beings to be more in rhythm and mm. more conscious of our emotional state. So hats off to that lady. I imagine there must be other things on the go as well. But I mean, just think about the normal person and the emotional turmoil that we are going under. Now go and do it in front of the whole world with billions of people watching to have mm. had your training disturbed and then having to continue training for another extra year, which has never been done before ever. And all the pressures without the fans and all the, like all the testing that they've done. And I mean, it must be just incredibly, incredibly tough. So hats mm. off to all the athletes and hats off to the two women that are brave enough to talk about emotions. Yeah. And, you know, extending your idea of, of nature, but further is that, I think there's also a balancing act that needs to happen because look, I, I think the only way we get to the highest levels of performance is that there is a level of sacrifice, a level of pushing through a level of grit. And like, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the best performers in the world, there's always like, there are such trade-offs they're making, right? And like, you look at their mental state and it's, it's focused to the detriment of many other things in their lives. And I don't think you get to that level of performance without it, but there are seasons. And I think that's an important part as well. And you know, that's our seasons have been mixed up <laughs> altogether. Like athletes peak at a very specific time. That's how they, uh, that's how they train. You train for four years. So you peak at the right time. Now that peak gets moved up a little bit. You have to peak later after you've already been working towards your peak. So like it, it messes things up. And so we have to understand those cycles and we have to understand that. If you are pushing for performance, you always have to come back and ask, well, where am I getting the rest and the recovery that I need, the nurturing in the garden so that I can at times perhaps go and be the robot that I need to be at other times. Mm. Mm. And, you know, when I, when I was making a video about this, what I was saying is that it's actually because I was listening to her and like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny to me how we, 
we look at athletes and we almost lose our humanity. But like at anything, celebrities, anyone who's in the, mm. in the limelight, we look at them and we're always like, they're not human to us, right? Like they just need yeah. to perform. They just need to get there. They just need to yeah. do the thing. Like how dare you, how dare you withdraw from the finals, you know, mm. and, and mess up my, my team's chances of winning. Like it's so ob, like you don't like, anyway, I was talking this, I was thinking this TikTok dude and the guy is lying on his couch and he's, um, <laughs> he's watching these divers, you know, this high, I don't know what the event's yeah. called, diving. So, well, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but they dive on these high diving. platforms and they have to make it a little, yeah. as I don't, it might be, cause I think there were two of them, but anyway, he's yeah. lying and he's like, oh no, that's trash. So bad, horrible. Yeah. And then he like yeah. turns the camera on himself and he's lying there with chips all over him. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> and yeah, couch critiques. Couch I mean, that's critiques. every Saturday with the rugby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and I think what we what we forget is that these people are human. They go through the same things. And for all of us to keep some level of mental sanity, we need to be able to balance out our stresses in our lives with the resources that we have. And at times, you know, when things get going and things get tough, um, you might find that sure the stresses in your life aren't that big. Like you have more than enough cognitive, mental, emotional, social support, resources to deal with it. But then it starts accumulating, you know, and it's a pandemic and it's this and it's people dying around you and it's uh, games being pushed out and who, like who knows what else. And all of a sudden you might find yourself at a point where that accumulation of stresses outpace or outmatch the resources that you have, no matter what you do. No matter how much time you take off, no matter how much, how much time you spend with your psychologist speaking about what's happening, at some point it might just be outpaced. And then I think these athletes are setting a good example of saying, okay, I can push forward here and I might do irreversible damage to myself, to my psyche, to my physical body. Or I can say, whoa, like I'm not okay and I need to recalibrate. I, yeah, I, I love what you're saying there. And, and it's almost like, am I here to win this battle or am I here to win the war? And if I'm here to win the war, yeah. then I at least lose one or two battles well, and I'm okay with that. And uh, I, th mm. I think it's that, uh, it's that sort of level of elegant long-term thinking. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a very brave and courageous thing these two ladies are doing. Um, I think that uh, many athletes have to also realize that uh, the emotional well-being and the ability to hold that consciousness and maturity lasts forever. And the, and, and what we often see mm -hmm. is athletes fall apart after their athletic um, careers. Yeah. And it's important to have that balance all the way through, you know. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's such a great um, reflection point for what's going on everywhere in the world, you know, the level of the angst yeah. and frustration that we're having. And now here at the Olympics, we're having the same thing as like, look, uh, I just can't just, I just can't. And I find myself very much in this right now in this winter in Cape town, you know, sun comes up at half past seven, eight o'clock. And it's just, I wake up at six. It's so dark and cold and raining. And I just want to go back into my cocoon. And I've kind of made this decision to mm. be okay with being in a cocoon. And it's okay. This is just this period of time, you know, in a couple weeks time, in a couple months time, it will be warm again, the sun will be up again. And then again, that same sort of level of focus can, can happen. And I think this is the first year this is happening to me, you know, every other year I've pushed through and I've been mm -hmm. like mentally stronger, but 
this is the first year I'm like, okay, it's okay to be not okay. It's okay to be chilled and relaxed yeah. and lazy and, and, and comfortable, you know? You know, um, I think we'll see a lot of this trend accelerating. And we've also seen it in the business world as well. You know, I mean, we've been speaking about mental health now pretty much since the start of the pandemic. Um, we've been sharing a lot of how, just like you were saying now, how tough it's been for us as well, um, having to kind of put aside many of the dreams that we had, that we were working towards, uh, the ups and the downs. But I think that, you know, if we extend this into the corporate setting, into the business setting, what does it mean? I think for individuals, it means that there's a level of agency that you have to practice, a level of um, responsibility that you have towards yourself for looking after yourself. And you can't abscond that. You can't just play the victim and not do anything about it. And at the second, at the second level, I think that you need to be in a position where you can communicate this with your organization. And sure, that might be quite tough, but I do think that times are changing. Like I've seen organizations where if you were to say, listen, I'm struggling mentally, you would get blocked out. You know, they would just be like, well, get over it, move on. But I've seen many organizations where like even when I'm doing a facilitation, I might say to the, the people after the facilitation, listen, like, have you guys checked in with this person? And they're like, thank you. Like, we, we definitely want to go do that. Like, there's a real eagerness to go in and help people out. And then, at the, you know, on the flip side, if you're an organization, I think you have a responsibility here as well. And there was actually, um, earlier in the week, there was a, a guy from the PGA Tour, uh, from the golfing side of things, who called out the PGA for saying, listen, I'm an alcoholic, and what have you guys done to support me during this? And what it made me think of is that as an organization, you have a responsibility to support people, but not to save them. And I think that's quite important as well. Like your organization isn't there to save you from everything, but you do have to create an environment where you can support people, give them the resources they perhaps need, and at least do the best that you can in whatever context makes sense. What do you think? Look, uh, you know, I um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I worked with the spa group, uh, the grocery brand. And um, the, the the question came from one of the franchisees or one of the store owners, I think up in Uppington or Springbok, a very big store. And he was like, what do we do for our staff through this process? And I, I, I don't know where it came from, but I had two answers. The answer was one, over communicate about emotional things. And it was as if, for as an organization, is to create the environments twice a day, if necessary, to have those discussions uh, around these important topics. I think we often get caught up in meetings speaking about to-do lists and operational strategy and those sort of things, but actually to demarcate emotional space and also to over-communicate around these things, especially in times of crisis and times of emotional upheaval. So mm -hmm. as organizations, absolutely. I think that's, uh, and I think a lot of organizations are kind of frowned upon if they haven't been doing that. So I think there's a lot of pressure on organizations to go one step further. But I was also working with SAP mm. a little while back and their directors were really amazing and they really just were very um, sincere about developing an environment for their employees to be happy. And while they were briefing me, I went back to the directors and I said, you know, it's wonderful that you are wanting to create such a great environment for your clients. But where's the responsibility? I mean, for your clients, for your, for your uh, employees. I said, but where's the, where's the responsibility for your employees to step up? 
and to take responsibility for their mm. own stuff as well. You know, you know, your company can only hold so much space. And this is coming back to your original point there in your last comments were, you know, we also have to take the responsibility for ourselves to have these sort of discussions and also deal with this sort of trauma that's coming up. And and just before we got onto this call, I told you I was signed up for a new 12-week Enneagram course because, I don't know, I thought I just wanted something new into my life and I wanted to figure out something new. And so I'm trying to bring new input into my life and learn some new things about myself, what makes me tick and what doesn't. And this is taking responsibility, you know, committing to quite literally 24 hours, two hours every two weeks for 12 weeks. And really trying to figure out how to mature mm. better, how to evolve better, how to deal with trauma better. And so I'm, I'm taking on a few of these uh, modalities. Uh, I've taken on one or two other ones as well. Um, just to be able to say, well, what is my responsibility to my own evolvement? And uh, I think uh, it's important to do both. Organizational and employee mm. both need to be as responsible as possible through this process, you know? Mm. Listen, excellent. Thank you so much. Um, I think that, that wraps up in a nice kind of way. Uh, any sort of last thought or are you happy to, to jump off from there? Yeah, no, I just think it's, uh, it's good that we're all becoming human for each other. I think the facades are falling mm. away slowly but surely. We're all starting to realize that we are human. I think the level of empathy for each other is growing as well as the need to just be in solitude, which is the weirdest thing. It's like, for me, definitely. I think maybe it's a Cape Town winter that's doing it to me, but I know you guys are also having a cold spell up there, but just like being in my own space and making peace with that and realizing that other people also have that and they're also suffering from loneliness and they're also suffering from their own things and we still have some more healing to do, you know? So there's a lot of that that's up in the sort of ether for me and I'm, and I'm seeing that and feeling that. And again, mm. the Olympics is a great example of this on a global stage that somebody out there is having this emotional... I don't know, retraction from something she's worked so hard for. And I think it's wonderful that she's done that, you know. That's all mm. I've got to say. Listen, thank you so much. Yeah, I think it was a great discussion. Uh, it's such a relevant topic. And it's something that we all need to pay just a lot more attention to. I think even in our previous episode, we briefly touched on this. And, you know, I was just saying that by now, like, you don't need more information, really. Like, you, you know how to take care of yourself. You know yeah. about the process of resilience. Like yeah. all of us are resilience experts. I can go and ask you, you know, what are the yeah. things you need to do to be resilient, to look after your mental well-being, and you'll be able to list off five or ten things easily. The question is just, are you doing them? And so I hope that today's uh, call to action for you is to like to go do something. And if you are the leader of organization, to also go do something to look after yourself, but also to make sure that you're looking after the people that are working with and for you. So uh, thank you I very just much say, for and if you want to wait until expensive, yes. Hold on, hold on. And only and, and also if you want to stay and, and if you want to stay in your bed a little bit later, that's also okay. And if you want to pick this up in spring, that's also okay. That's giving myself permission just to sleep in a few more mornings while it's still cold and in, in wet in Cape Town. Sorry to interject <laughs> you there, Eric. And so with that, thank you for listening to the expansive podcast. We are honored that you uh, spent some time with us today. Uh, you will notice, by the way, that we aren't doing the live episode. Today's episode was purely recorded just for our podcast listeners. Uh, we decided to take a different direction. We are always experimenting and we've decided that moving forward, we'll be recording mainly specifically for the podcast and not doing a live version at the same time. 
So we really hope that you enjoy it. We are bringing many other ideas and plans to the table as well, and we'll tell you all about them in episodes to come. Until then, uh, please make sure that you leave a review if you enjoyed the episode, that you share it with anyone who you think might find value in it. And John, from your side? Yeah, look, uh, it's a tough time out there. Uh, look after yourself. And once you've done that, go look after somebody else. Chat to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.